You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose 960 The Fan. The bottom of the hour, we're giving away those Chasing Summer giveaway tickets or the Chasing Summer Festival this Saturday and Sunday at the Max Bell Center Festival Grounds. In honor of Johnny Manziel opening up a bar called Johnny Manziel's Money Bar, we're asking you at 960-960 on the text line, give us a retired Calgary Flame and what would be the name of the bar slash nightclub they would open? 960-960, name and location. And intern Ben has your Women's World Cup of Soccer report to wrap up the show. But right now, he is the host of Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network and on Sportsnet Television. We say good morning on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline to my man, Jeff Blair. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, I want you're, you're a big soccer guy. I'm sure you're getting ready for the Bundesliga. It's around the corner. I want to get your thoughts really quick, Jeff, on uh, Canada crashing out of the Women's World Cup. Are we blaming the Federation a little too much here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, I think blaming the Federation for creating a distraction, um, is probably a little off base. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that Canada soccer was right here, but I mean, this has been going on for a couple of years now. It's nothing new. I mean, my goodness, the Jamaican women's team is so underfunded. They had to start a GoFundMe page to get where they are and they seem to be able to close it out. What I do blame the Canada or, or Canada soccer for is the lack of preparation for the women's team. I, you know, it's pretty clear from watching them play that they just, they hadn't had enough competitive games together. Um, you know, watching Christine Sinclair, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's clear that they haven't spent enough time together in a competitive situation. They were really unprepared for the tournament. And that's completely on Canada soccer. But in terms of the games themselves, um, you know, I, I I didn't like some of the coaching decisions, but I also think that we really, I don't know how much pressure was on Bev Priestman. Like when you're dealing with, it, it's like any sport. It's like, you know what, it's like the Detroit Tigers and Miguel Cabrera. When you're dealing with one of the greatest players of all time on your team, and she's in this case Christine Sinclair on the at, on the downward stage of his, of her career, sometimes it can be a bit of an impediment. And certainly she's earned the right to do what she wants and walk away when she wants. But that's got to be awfully hard for a coach when you have an icon who, quite frankly, probably shouldn't be starting for the team anymore doesn't have the touch around the net that she used to have. Uh, and, and I think, I, I think there were a lot of things, there are a lot of things that work there, but I'm an optimist when it comes to this program, they've got some good young, young talent. And, you know, when Christine Sinclair steps away, there'll be enough talent to fill in there. And it'll be, you'll see people like Ashley Lawrence and, and, and Jesse Fleming kind of step to the forefront. Um, for the rest of the tournament, anybody but the Americans, right? Oh God, yes! I cheer. I cheer for Satan before I cheer for the Americans. Seriously, same. No, it's so bad. I, yeah, no, I would. It's so bad. I would cheer for a team from Edmonton before I cheer for. The Americans. <laughs> 
I love it. Um, Jeff, how would you uh, how would you summarize the Blue Jays trade deadline? Um, <sighs> underwhelming, uh, much like the year. Underwhelming, disappointing, uh, kind of empty. Um, I'm not a fan of when a trade deadline is over, having a general manager essentially come out and say, yeah, we probably didn't do as much as we wanted to do, but nobody else did either. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that to me is that I don't want to hear that as a trade deadline, right? Uh, nobody else did either, but uh, nobody else is in the same position you were. Nobody else has got two players who are nearing the end of their free free agency period. Um, you know, nobody else, uh, can't hit with runners in scoring position the way your team can. Nobody else was in, in that situation was expected to go to the World Series, right? And, and, and so Jordan Hicks was, listen, Jordan Hicks was a great pickup. I think he'll be this team's closer eventually, uh, in September, even when Jordan Romano comes back. I think that they have a pretty good chance of re-signing him from all that we're told. So that was a good acquisition. Uh, you know, Paul DeYoung, I find it puzzling because as we've watched Santiago Espinal go from all-star to like 25th man on the roster, 24th man on the roster, I kept asking people, why is Santiago Espinal on this team? He's not the starting shortstop. He's not the everyday second baseman. He's not a preferred like first-choice option off the bench a lot of times for DH or for pinch-hit purposes. It's usually one of the two catchers that isn't playing. Like, there has to be some value to this guy. This guy was an all-star last year. Yeah, he had a lousy second half last year, but he was an all-star in the first half. Uh, it's not like he's 120 years old. And every time I asked somebody that, I was told, well, we need Santiago Espinal in case Bo goes down for a couple of weeks. Okay, uh, you know, I, I can buy that. So Bo goes down for a couple of weeks, and they bring another guy in who, yes, he's a better defender than Santiago Espinal, and he does have 13 home runs, but um, and he and he didn't cost you anything. <laughs> but I kind of, you know, it kind of makes you scratch your head a bit. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of dudes still in this team, and for the life of me, I don't see why that is right. And and this organization, for some bizarre reason treats 40-man roster spots like they're gold. You know, this is the only organization in baseball that would twist itself in knots keeping Mitch White on the roster. But why would you waste a second worrying about Mitch White? Hmm. So I, I don't know if, if there's too many people involved in the decision-making process here. Every, everything is a process with the Jays. I, I remember when, uh, when John Schneider, at the end of the season last year, and John Schneider, we were told, was going to be back as manager, but no announcement was made. And it was, and I remember Ross Atkins saying, "Well, Jeff, this is probably going to shock the hell out of you, but we have a process we're working through." And I, you know, it was it was tongue in cheek because I've always said to him, "Like, do you guys take? Does it really? Do you really need nine people to sit in a room and tell you that this guy can't pitch?" You know, I could go down to I could go down to the West Town Tavern here and find six guys that in two minutes would tell you that Mitch White stinks. So anyhow, long answer I know, but what I'm saying is, I, I this organization treats every one of its players as if they're gold, and they're not. And I don't know if they overvalue their players, um, but so 
the Jays had to make a move at the deadline. I think more than any other team in this division, they had to make a move. The Yankees have basically punted. They're old. They're falling apart. That's fine. Boston's got a great lineup. They've got a lot of good young players. They've got three key pitchers coming back. They don't really need, I didn't think to add anything. Baltimore's just silly good. Like Baltimore doesn't realize they're not supposed to win this year, which is dangerous when they're young, talented, and don't give a damn. Um, and, and Tampa Bay is just on their own little planet. Tampa Bay is always going to win. So I thought the Jays had to do something. Um, you know, maybe I, I know they weren't helped at the deadline by the fact that their two best minor league pitchers are both hurt. I get all that. But, man, you got Nate Pearson. You got Espinal. You got guys you could move, and you got guys that I I fail to believe other teams wouldn't want. Uh, Jeff, you've been around the game a long time. Have you ever seen a like a player in recent memory uh, just dominate the Jays as much as Ryan Mountcastle has? Uh, Manny Ramirez yeah. used to put balls. And George will remember this. Manny, I think, hit a ball into the five hundred level at Rogers Center that actually went yes. down one of the exits. <laughs> Um, Manny dominates them. Uh, Aaron Judge has dominated them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really good players. Yeah, like sluggers. They have, have always enjoyed hitting. Alex Rodriguez has always enjoyed hitting at the Rogers Center. I've known pitchers that have dominated them, where you kind of go, Ugh, "Where'd that come from?" But I don't think I've seen anybody dominate them the way Ryan Mountcastle has dominated them. Because with Ryan Mountcastle, it's not just it's not just hitting home runs yeah. at the Rogers Center. It's hitting doubles. It's hitting singles. It, it's it's drawing walks. I mean, it's everything. He, he beats the Blue Jays in every conceivable way. And I don't know if I've seen somebody do it like that. Generally, when you say someone dominates a team, you go, wow, they got a high batting average and they hit, they hit a ton of home runs. This is different because he's always on base. Mm-hmm. And... He's he's not a great player. He's not a bad player. I think Ryan Mountcastle is better than a lot of people think he is. I'll tell you what, I take him in this team in a heartbeat. Yeah. But um, it's just yeah. Beyond that, no, I can't think of anybody where you sort of put in a you know the Blue Jays killers Hall of Fame where where you know it would be a guy like Ryan Mountcastle. He is the host of Blair and Barker. Jeff Blair joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show Russick and Rose, nine sixty. The fan. Um, has you said Kikuchi been the maybe the biggest surprise of the Blue Jays season, Jeff? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I would say he and I mean Jose Barrios has been a surprise to some people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me. Barker and I used to get in this all the time. Now, part of the reason is Jose Barrios is a really good dude. He's a fun dude. Um, I really like him as a, as a dude. As a dude, he's hard not to like. And he's also a great athlete. He's one of the best athletes, one of the best pure athletes on that team. Um, so I was always on board with Jose Brios. I thought it was just a matter of getting the mechanics straightened around. I think Jose Brios was really damaged last year by the strike and the odd off season. I mean, good, good grief. He told people early in spring training that he didn't just feel he, he, something didn't feel right. He wasn't hurt, but something didn't feel right is having problems with his delivery. All, all this stuff. So uh, Jose Barrios to me has been the savior uh, of this team so far, but that doesn't surprise me because that's why you gave him a six-year contract, right? You Kikuchi's a big surprise. Um, and, and, and mainly because 
the quality of his stuff was always there. You know, they, God doesn't make left-handers that can throw 98-99. And when he does, he doesn't give them to the Blue Jays, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that, that to me is probably the single biggest surprise in that you, you never get the sense things are unraveling with Sei Kikuchi. I think Buck Martinez and one of the telecasts had the stat that I found really intriguing, that you say Kikuchi pitching with runners on base is one of the most effective pitchers in baseball. Now, you can say that's because he had a crap ton of practice last year, but he, um, yeah, he, he's, man, if those two dudes hadn't stepped up this year, this team, I mean, this team wouldn't be in a wild card hunt. This team would be in last place. Uh, George Springer uh, has snapped out of a long 0 for 34 drought yesterday uh, with the hit and the run. Uh, do you think this is a guy that can kind of turn his uh, and get going in the second half here, or is this kind of what you got with the 33 year old George Springer? He's he's going to have droughts in here and every now and then. Yeah, I I see no signs that suggest he's going to turn it around. Yeah, I mean I haven't seen any signs all year. As a matter of fact. You know, we were talking about this with John Morosi yesterday. I think we're about four months away from needing to have a discussion about do you look at trading George Springer and sucking up half that contract, or if not half the contract, some of it. Um, he, he's he's a good defender in, in right field. I mean, the Jays' outfield defense is the best in baseball, so that's not fair. He's a very good defender in right field. I just don't see... I don't see anything that suggests that he's capable of turning it around. Um, you know, he's not getting to pitches he should get to. He's overmatched. It's one thing to be overmatched by 98 mile an hour, 99 miles an hour. But, I mean, George Springer times looked over, looks overmatched by 94 and 95. And if you're hitting in the middle of the lineup in the American League East and you can't handle that, that's, that's, uh, that's, that, that's no bueno. So I think we're we're probably getting ready to a point where we're going to have to have a couple of hard discussions about George Springer. And, you know, I have to admit, there's a book out on the Houston Astros scandal by Evan Drellich of The Athletic. Mm. And um, I'm sorry, Evan Drellich, pardon me. Uh, brain cramp, brain cramp. It wasn't, it was another book. It wasn't Evan Drellich's book. There was another book on the Astros. Anyhow, um, but the, it's, it's pretty clear when you read that book that Andy Martino. Trash, yes. Thank you. Great. Uh, with all the trash can banging going on that, I mean, the two guys in the Astros who really seemed to enjoy it were Jose Altuve and George Springer. <laughs> so, you know, you really wonder how much of what the Jays got in George Springer was related to what had happened with the Houston Astros. I mean, I'm, I, I think you're, I think you're well within reason to kind of scratch your head and go, Oh, and, and maybe try to put two yeah. and two together. Um, Jeff wanted to ask you again, uh, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Continues to be uh, just a fascinating uh, topic. Uh, the on base uh, is okay. Not the guy that we all thought, you know, Oh, walks way more than he strikes out. That's clearly, clearly not the case now with Vlad Jr. at the Major League Baseball level. But he's only 24 here, Jeff. Like, when is the – we saw the switch flipped a couple years ago when he was right there with Shohei Otani to be the MVP. But then he's been good, but not like the Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols things we were hearing uh, before he made his Major League Baseball debut. Like, what 
Where does it get to a point where it's like, this is who he is. He's going to be just a very good Major League Baseball player, but not maybe that superstar we thought. Are we even close to that point yet? Or because he's only 24, give him some more time, a lot more time? I mean, the Jays really don't have that much more time because he's a free agent after the next two years. And, you know, again, speaking about difficult conversations, what do the Blue Jays do next year if Vladdy continues to do this? Right, like I, at, mm-hmm. at some point, but but I I made this point on Blue Jays talk last night, and I actually think it was a rare example of of, of intelligence on my part, and I have no idea where it how how it happened. It might have been late at night, and the coffee kicked in, or the Red Bull. I don't know, but well, I was thinking back to last year at this time and Bo Bichette, and Bo Bichette didn't look really happy in Toronto. He wasn't having a great year. The defense wasn't good. John Schneider took over, dropped him to the number seven spot. He didn't like it. And I remember saying and writing and talking back then that, you know, well, you really had to wonder what Bo's long-term future was with this team. It just, it didn't seem, it didn't seem like there was a mesh. And Bo went off in September, had a great September, uh, signed a, you know, a contract that covers the rest of his option years. And this year has been the best player in the team by far and is the best player in the team by far. Um, he's he's way surpassed Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the most important player in this team and the best player in this team. So I'm going to kind of wait on Vladdy. Normally I wouldn't like sit on the fence when it comes to a player, but let's see if Vladdy can do what Bo did last year. Because if you told me last year that Bo was going to have a good September and end up signing a contract, a three-year deal with the Jays to take him through, free, through to free agency, I would have said not a chance in hell. I would have said there's a greater chance of Bo Bichette being traded than signing that contract because it just didn't, something didn't seem right. So let's see what Vladdy does now. You know, the pressure's on him. Uh, people can talk about Matt Chapman and George Springer. There's only one guy in this team right now that, that with Bo out of the lineup that can carry the team offensively. There's only one guy in this lineup that when he goes to the plate, you think, okay, this is a, this is a guy that should hit a home run. So let's see what Bode or what, what, what Vladdy does here, because to me there are similarities to last year. And so I, I, I'm going to wait until the end of this year and, and see, what, see what Vladdy has done. And if this is Vladdy, it will be a disappointment. But we'll have learned, right? Just as we learned last year that Bo Bichette was a guy who was capable of rising to the occasion and coming through in the clutch. Uh, Let's see if Vladdy's that guy right now. You know, Vladdy, there's some things to be concerned about. He doesn't hit home runs off lefties. He doesn't hit home runs at this ballpark. Um, you know, did, I mean, I'll just say this, and I know it drives Jays fans nuts. How much was Vladdy helped by playing games at, 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 at Dunedin and Buffalo that year when right. the Jays were on the road with COVID? I mean, you have to ask that question because he hasn't hit as many home runs. And he's certainly not hitting many home runs here. And as I said, he's not hitting home runs off lefties. And, you know, some of his numbers, his batting average with, with runners in scoring position, position, I think is 297, something like that. That's not horrible. But his home runs with batters in scoring position, are, I don't know, three, I think two. That's mm-hmm. not good for, you know, if you want to be a 35 to $40 million a year player, you got you got to put up bigger numbers than that. So, Long answer, but I'm going to wait and see what Vladdy does in the next in the next six to eight weeks. And if he does what Bo does, well, then then I think you can or what Bo did, 
then I think you have a very interesting discussion if he doesn't and just kind of keeps being a guy. Then you have a different type of discussion. Have they had contract extension talks with Vladdy? Has that happened? Very, very few. I, I mean, it, it's odd. Vladdy says he wants to stay here. Uh, the Jays say we'd love to have him, but there has to be shared risk. And, you know, that's I, – I have no idea. I understand what they're saying, but I have no idea what shared risk means in the context of, of Vladdy Jr. I just get the sense – I get the sense that there's still some people in the organization that don't trust him completely when it comes to his conditioning. And, you know, Vladdy's kind of put himself in an interesting position. He's going to be really well paid just going arbitration year to arbitration year to arbitration year. And he's still going to be really well paid. He's still paid way more than Bo. So, and I mean, Vladdy's, Vladdy's family's got a ton of money. You know, he, it's not like he's this poor kid from the Dominican who grew up without shoes. I mean, his dad was the, his dad's the hall of famer. Um, you know, he lives like a King in the Dominican. Uh, he has a lot of, uh, off field uh, promotions and, and, and stuff that he does in the Dominican Republic. He, he, he's a big deal. So he, he is comfortable and, and he's well taken care of. Um, so the negotiations with Vladdy have always been kind of cloaked in secrecy. I know that, um, uh, we ran into his agent, kind of an odd, we ran into his agent in the parking lot at the Rogers center one day going up to the press box, um, hmm. before a game and just asked, uh, you know, how, how are negotiations going? And they, they, they just kind of shrugged. They were in town to negotiate with the team. There was also something going on with Vladdy and his family, like some family celebration or something. So they were all up there. And that's kind of the sense you get. If you talk to somebody with the Blue Jays, they'll just kind of shrug. And if you talk to Vladdy's mm-hmm. people, they'll just shrug. And Vladdy will say, I'd love to stay here. I'd love to finish my career here. Um, but that, I really, I think that train has left the station. Um, you know, I, I, I really do. And, you know, if, if this is Vladdy, then the Jays probably made the right call in not getting locked into one of those seven or eight year deals at $35 million a year or whatever it was going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to ask you this question. I've been thinking about this. Uh, we know that the renovations at the Rogers Center are going great. Everyone loves it. We're all looking forward to what the lower bowl is going to look like. And Mark Shapiro is the one spearheading all of that. Jeff, I don't know. You would know absolutely no better than I would because I've been a little removed from the situation here for just a year. Is, is this now more Ross Atkins' team when it comes to the decisions on the field? And I feel like there's that separation now because it used to be it was Ross and Mark's team and they had all these decisions. But lately, does this feel like this is more Ross making the decisions and now the heat's on him if this team doesn't perform and ultimately might cost his job? Because I feel like there's that separation. Am I reading the situation right? Yeah, no, you're ab- you're absolutely reading it right. You know, it's... Look, signing um, signing Kevin Gossman to a free agent deal, that Mark would have to take that to to the Rogers board to get it approved, um, and that you know that's kind of that would have been the same thing if Alex was here. Paul Beeston would have been responsible for taking it, and Beeston was here. He would have been responsible to taking it for taking it to the Rogers board um, to get signed off on that. Um, the acquisition of Paul DeYoung, that doesn't have to go through Mark or through Mark, right? I mean, I'm sure Mark 
Mark's a baseball guy, and I'm sure he sticks his head in the office and is interested in what's going on. And he'll certainly give his advice about decisions that are being made. But the the nuts and bolts stuff is squarely on Ross and and you know the, his his group of assistant general managers. Um, Mark has been so preoccupied with the Roger Center in the past two years that more and more he's kind of handed it off to uh, to Ross. So yeah, it's you know Ross is. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ross is the guy I think that will ultimately pay if this season ends without a playoff berth or, you know, even a first-round exit like last year. I don't think that's good enough when you're running a $230 million payroll and you've got the seventh-highest payroll in baseball, right? I don't think anybody yeah. signed up for that. Do you think do you think there's a day that maybe uh, they just open up the checkbook and try to get Anthopoulos back? I know he does such a great job in Atlanta, best team in baseball. He's been phenomenal there. You think there's a day where they kind of give him a Sayujiri type of contract and say, "Come back to the Blue Jays." They did. I mean, they offered him. Even Alex says they offered him a, a ton of money, a ten million a year or something like that, to stay here. Um, I don't think he'll ever get that offer again from anybody. Um, I think if you talk to Alex, he probably still, he's probably making less money with Atlanta than he made, than he made when the Blue Jays, uh, tried, you know, when that whole issue hit the fan with Mark Shapiro. No, I, I just think that Alex is, I think Alex has moved on. Um, you know, I always thought that the, the, the only sort of major career move I could see Alex making at any point would have been if Montreal got an expansion team then I think you would see Alex go back to Montreal as the president and CEO of the team, back to his hometown. He's still got a lot of friends there, still got a lot of business ties there. I think you would have, you would have seen him do that. But no, I think that, I think that train has left the station. Uh, Jeff, terrific stuff. Uh, I heard on the broadcast last night on the radio side, uh, you guys are going to TV for Blue Jays Talk too. Is this true? Apparently, yes. So Eddie and Ford Erie might get nationwide uh, play. Yeah, Eddie, uh, Jen that's in Toronto. An, that's an insight. That's an oh, well, Jen. Yeah, it's possible. My favorite for our listeners who don't know, Jen in Toronto is like the Sylvie of Calgary. The Blue Jays could win thirteen to nothing. She's like Jeff. Oh I didn't like Chapman's plate appearance in the fifth inning. <laughs> uh, I Jen called up. I think it was the the the, the home opener. It said Jeff. What are we going to do about Kevin Biggio? I, I just, he didn't even play. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's do that about Kevin Biggio. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's the best. Yeah, that, that little inside Toronto sports radio there. Eddie and Ford Erie. We might turn him into a national star. Yeah. Calls in every day. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Always fun. Thanks, pal. Thanks, Thank boys. Be well. There he is. Yeah, Jen in Toronto's the Sylvia <laughs> of Sportsnet. Uh, she's <laughs> Sylvia of nine uh, five ninety in Toronto. Uh, it's yeah, yeah. Jays can win a hundred to nothing. I didn't like Chapman's uh, p- approach <laughs> in the fifth inning. It's like okay, Jen. Okay. The hardcores. Yeah, Eddie and Fort Erie calls in every single day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Jays talk. <laughs> Pat has the same guys. Oh yeah, Pat's got the same like six seven guys that call. Yeah, he has in. George. Who else are uh, staples? George. Oh uh, God. Oh, GVP, Robert, you, Robert you Swan. Ro- Does Robert uh, come? Yeah. Did he come back? Yeah, he's he's back every oh, now okay. and then. Hey, oh, Pat D. Yeah, yeah, he's there all the time. <laughs> oh man, there's a couple other. I'm blanking on names for some reason. Oh, Travis is one. Travis, Travis is yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he's yep. a good guy. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
just what the, that's awesome. Hey, you're that hardcore. You're that devoted. Very interesting stuff there about Vlad Jr. from Jeff too. Yeah, I mean, like I, like, are we getting to that point of just saying like, hey, is is this what he is? And then like I I, I totally forgot that they started 2021 in Buffalo and and Dunedin there to start the yeah. year, and he tore the ball off the strip there in two parks he's very familiar with, and then he has not hit the ball at Rogers Center. I would love to find out how many home, career home runs he has hit actually at Rogers Center, but I guarantee you it's about 30% of his whole total has been hit at Rogers Center. But yeah, it's just, it's It's such an interesting contract. Like, yeah, he's a good player, but he's not that elite guy. When do you have that conversation? Is it like next year? Is it this offseason? If, if things go awry this year? I don't know. I like it's a lot. I like. That's why Jeff brings you more of that realistic approach at the Jays. I think, and I, I love getting his opinion on it. Yeah. Um. When when you look at the um, that park in Buffalo, uh, Salem Field, mm-hmm. it's total bang box. Like yeah. the ball explodes out of there. Vlad Junior would just hit it into that wind into into left center, yeah. and that thing would just explode over the fence. Yeah. Like, yeah, and like I don't know what it is with like the home runs seem to have gone down this year at Rogers Center with the renovations. It you like last year it, and the years before it felt like yeah that ball was getting out of there. This year it feels like it's a lot more. Like, it, it's not like they expanded it. It's not like it's a bigger outfield or anything. I don't know what it is. Yeah, there's uh yeah you can uh, you can look up you know his career yeah uh, home run things. Obviously, it's tough to do live on the radio right now, but he has five home runs at Rogers Center this season. Patrick, that's it. That's not good enough. That's at 17 on the year. Yeah, like that's it. Last year, how many had at Rogers Center last year as I refresh it here? Uh, 19 at Rogers Center. That's good in 80 games. Mm-hmm. That's one every four games. That's pretty good. But he's not even going to reach that. He's not even gonna, He's not even on pace for 10. He'd have to get scorching hot yeah. to come anywhere close to that. Like he'd have to hit 14 home runs at home the rest of the season. Mm. Could happen. Yeah, but he'd have to get scorching hot. Yeah, and, and then the, his is is is, uh, is uh, the stuff on Springer as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick that book up. But it does it did feel like Altuve and Springer were the most happy with what was going on there, and yep. it's shown because Altuve hasn't been the same player since either. Um, we got lots to get to here uh, after the break. Uh, we're giving away um, today and tomorrow. Uh, tickets to both days of the Chasing Summer Festival this Saturday and Sunday at the Max Bell Center Festival grounds. Uh, Saturday's headliners, uh, Tiesto, Griffin, James Hype. Sunday's headliners, Zed, Seven Lions, and Jaws. Um, We asked you, in honor of Johnny Manziel opening up a nightclub at College Station called Johnny Manziel's Money Bar, we're asking you, give us a retired Calgary Flame and the nightclub slash bar they would open. What would it be called? Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. Do you have a ton ready for Texty McTexterson here? Uh, I got two. I gotta get. I had to uh, do the interview there, so I had to get these in. I'll get them in through the break here. We'll okay. uh, we'll get it. There's in. a ton. There's a ton. There's a ton to get to. Please, your name and location. That's the only way you can win. We have to give a name and location. Uh, keep them rolling in. We'll do that, and we'll do intern Ben's uh, women's World Cup of Soccer report. That's straight ahead. Uh, Maddie's on the golf course. It's the big show. It's George. It's Patrick. Sportsnet 960, the fan. 
It's Logan Gordon, host of Sportsnet Today. I'll get you caught up on everything going on with the Blue Jays, any Summer Flames news, NFL, CFL, and more. Listen weekday afternoons or subscribe to the Sportsnet Today 960 podcast. Oh, yeah, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Big show, Russick and Rose 960, the fan. Straight ahead, we're giving away both days, a pair of tickets to both days of the Chasing Summer Festival, which goes down this Saturday and Sunday at the Max Bell Center Festival grounds. Intern Ben's going to have a Women's World Cup of Soccer report. But, Patrick, I don't know if you saw this on X or Twitter or whatever they're calling it now. I'm not sure. Big news. Yeah. Uh, big, big news. Uh, GVP, can we play something underneath here? Because I know Patrick's excited. I'm working on I'm working. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, one Taylor Swift. Oh no! Yeah, in the oh. Eras Tour uh, is coming to Rogers Center in Toronto. Listen to this: November fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, twenty first, twenty second, twenty third, twenty twenty four. Boom! Oh, okay. T Swift coming to Canada. Yeah, Canada, as in Toronto. Are you gonna? You wanna? You wanna go? No. I mean, you couldn't do like three in Vancouver for the Western folk if, if for the Taylor Swift Who's to people? say that's not going to happen. Ugh. I don't know. I mean, good for her. It like, might. she probably didn't want to deal with the government suing her for like, why aren't you coming to Canada and all that stuff? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, but it just got announced. It makes she could sense be coming to Vancouver. Sorry, she could be coming to Edmonton. She could be. Well, she ain't going to come to Edmonton in the winter. Wow. She's going to need. How a do you stadium. know that? She's going to need a stadium. She's at the point where she sells out stadiums. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, so really, she's I'm not look- coming to Commonwealth in December. She ain't coming to McMahon in December, guys. Sorry, uh, Commonwealth in December. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like when you go across BC venues, place, BC Place, BC Place, and Rogers Center are the only ones that make sense for her for winter dates. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It has to be a stadium. It has to be a stadium just because of how much she's blown up now. Yeah, like She's you treasure. Could, that's why Patrick. I guess put sixty thousand in there every night. Must pack be nice. them in. It'll sell out too completely. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, when when those t- those tickets will go on sale? What in the next couple weeks here? Probably. Yeah. So she's coming this November. Not like November no. twenty twenty four. Like we were giving no. Metallica tickets away in February for August of twenty twenty four. Yeah, a year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, over a year. I mean, Toronto, I mean, six days, hop on a Porter Airlines flight, cheap flight, get out to Toronto. I mean, the tickets are probably more expensive than the flight. Uh, From somebody who uh, is starting to develop a knack to find cheap flights. I found a flight from Calgary to Toronto for 80 bucks. Hell yeah. I should do that. Sure. Sure. I had to sit with the luggage. That's fine. But it was fine. Do that. Taking a Jays game. Oh, I could totally do that. Yeah, well, you, I can you muster that. The uh, the stadium will be closed because they have to do all the stuff for Taylor Swift, and it's in November. Well, but I'm saying okay. for like next year for the Jays. Yeah, for sure. You and Maddie, yeah, bye. Watch Jays game. It'd be great. Okay, so there you go, Taylor Swift. Um, it's going to be like I don't know, super expensive to go see Taylor Swift. By the way, too, but she's coming to Canada in Toronto, 2024. Um. We got some tickets to. We got some free tickets instead of spending like 
to Gurr on Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah. Uh, we have a pair of tickets to both Saturday and Sunday at the Chasing Summer Festival um, at the Max Bell Center Festival Grounds on Saturday, Tiesto, Griffin, James Hype, Sunday, Zed, Seven Lions, and Jaws. We've been asking you, I did the story earlier on in the show, uh, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel, uh, is opening up a bar at College Station called Johnny Manziel's Money Bar. You know, we did the whole thing with yeah. the money. Yeah. Uh, and we asked you which retired Calgary Flame would open up a bar and what would it be called? Name and location, 960, 960, name and location. Um, the tax line just exploded, Patrick. Yeah, they did. And I've been doing it. It my- had a lot of um, Impossible Flames trivia vibes to it. Yeah, but it's like easier for them to get it because it's just like, oh, I just got to come up with a, a clever name, not think. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just got a text. I heard she's playing the Grey Cup. Oh, yeah. I'm sure oh, she yeah. Is. Have they announced yeah. that yet? No? Let's yeah, not get to November this year and announce your damn Grey Cup artist. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, that'd be great if Taylor Swift played Grey Cup. Who are we talking to? Who are we... Like, of course it would be. Grey Cup's in Hamilton this she year. She hasn't played the Super Bowl yet. Okay, anyway. Well, I know why, because she was a uh, Coke person, and it was yeah, it's a Pepsi thing. Pepsi for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's Apple Music. It's Apple Music. Yeah. So she could definitely do it now. Okay. Uh, 960, 960, name and location. Uh, there's a ton that are really good. How many do you got from Texty McTexterson? Oh, God. I got nine right now, and I was just about to put in a tenth. Are they really good ones, though? You've really... You've these really, are the ones um, I thought... you really like, vetted the ones? Yeah, these are the ones I'm like, oh, yeah, this is uh, these are good ones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, to wrap up the show, intern Ben with his Women's World Cup of Soccer update. Uh, ben, how long is said update? Is it a minute again? It's probably like just under a minute, but there's not as much yeah, to talk about to today, it. so it could be shorter. I'm looking forward to it. Um, we'll do that to wrap up the show. Uh, but right now, our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot. We've kind of let him have it easy this summer so yeah, far. Yeah, he's been off right. It. Did uh, did um, Peter Klein and Matt Rose use him when I was off? Uh, we, did we use him last week? We used him for like parts of the morning report. Oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Matty would have some tweets or whatever, and yeah, text and he would, would read them off. Like a, a press release, and text yeah. would read it. Mm-hmm. So he was doing light work. Okay, I thought that was PR Patricia that he did that for. Them. Well, was it PR Patricia then? That's that's Matty has done that before, but he used Texty he for used Texty that. last week. Yeah. Okay, a little yeah. side gig for him, I guess. Okay, all right. Um, he is lubed up and ready to read your text messages at nine six. He wants to go to one of these bars. He does. He does. They all sound good. <laughs> they all sound like a good time. Uh, I'm going to frantically start writing these down. Sure. And I think. And I think we're going to get intern Ben the responsibility of picking the best one. Intern Ben, are you ready for that honor I've just bestowed upon you? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Okay. (laughs) You sound ready. All right, let's do it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Sean in Calgary, Zarly Zalapski Zoo and Taco Bar. Sorry, Zarly Zalapski Zoo and Taco Bar. That's not bad. All right. Okay. Luke in Calgary, Joe Brew and Dykes. (laughs) that's very good i like joe bruendike oh luke in calgary gets a star i like that one okay carl in cochran from dusk till cron (laughs) dusk till cron i like that yeah that's good i like that and it's brent cron's giant melon (laughs) right the neon (laughs) right as the sign neon cron sign yeah 
I like that. It's very good. Yeah. Okay. Those are those are very good. Carl and Cochran and Luke and Calgary really bringing it. Okay, keep going. Henry from Copperfield, Cronenberg's Beer House. Cronenberg's Beer House. Mm, it's not bad. Play on Cronenberg. Not bad. Um, ticket worthy? I don't know, but not bad. Okay. All right. Larry in Okotoks. Eddie <laughs> beers beers for years. Oh, Eddie beers beers for years. Okay. All right. I can get behind that a little bit. That's a tongue twister, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that'd be a tough one to say if you've had a few. You're like, let's go to Eddie Beers Beers. <laughs> Eddie Beers Beers. That'd be a beers, tough beers. one to say, right? Let's go to Beers Beers Beers. Let's go to Eddie, you know, the Eddie Beers Beers place, whatever they call it. Just to go beers, have a drink there. Beers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just drink some beers. No. Mark in Calgary. Kippers off sip and puff. Sip and puff. Okay. I thought you were going to go more stripper. We've heard a lot of stripper when it yeah. comes to Kippers off. Yeah. This was a throwback. Kipper, uh, you know, like okay. the darts every so on now and then, maybe. Yeah. What a legend. <laughs> what a legend. Larry in Okotox. Eddie Beers, Beers nope, for years. That was that. I already played that one. Yeah. How dare you? Sorry. Sean in Calgary. Iggy's Oi Oi Oi's Bar. <laughs> Iggy, Iggy, oi, oi, oi. Like, Iggy, okay. Iggy, Iggy, oi, oi, oi. That's what they uh, they did in the chant in the dome is Iggy's, oi, oi, oi. Iggy's, okay. oi, oi, oi's bar. Okay. Sean in Calgary. <laughs> All right. There's a lot of Sean's in Calgary. Yeah, okay, there. continue. Jeremy in Cochrane. Jim's Publimski. That was a good one. Yeah. I feel like Jeremy and Cochrane wins a lot. Am I wrong on that or no? Uh, I... D- I don't know. I don't know until I put his name in the easy promo and it throws, oh, you have won. No, I don't think he's won in the last 30 days, so it's eligible. I'll go Jim Pub Blinsky, much like the Blimp Ski. Yeah, but Blimp Ski. Very good. Yeah. How many more you got? Two. Okay. Doug in Calgary, Roman Cervinka. Best bar ever, not in North America. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We did that. Um, a few new of these. Uh, just flying into the text line. I know. Right, give us one more. Okay. Andrew in Calgary. Last Chance Saloon. Last Chance Saloon. Oh, is it Jeff Chance? Yes. Hmm. It's not bad. I think I like... Well, no, it doesn't matter what I like. It's what Intern Ben likes. Uh, intern Ben, uh, were you paying attention to all those names? Yeah, I've written down a few I like. Okay, Coming down to a couple of uh, I like Joe Bruendike. I like From Dust to Kron and Jibs Poblinski. I think those are the three for me. Okay, can you play all of them uh, again, Patrick, and then we'll get Ben to decide. Okay, so uh, this one. Luke in Calgary. Yep. Joe Bruendikes. Joe Bruendikes. Uh, we also got uh, Carl and Cochran. Jeremy in Cochran. Well, that one. Jibs Poblinski. Which is good. And, and then Carl. Carl and Cochran. Carl and Cochran. From Dusk Till Kron. Mm-hmm. All right, intern Ben, there's a lot of pressure on you here. In the words of uh, the original Spider-Man starring Tobey Maguire, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Um, we're giving you the ability to give somebody two tickets to each day, each day of the Chasing Summer Festival down at the Max Bell Center Festival grounds. Do we have a drum roll we could potentially play here? Yes, thank you. 
Is that a snare drum? Yeah. Um, intern Ben, who wins the tickets? Uh, the winner goes to From Dusk Till Cron. And that's Carl and Cochran? Carl and Cochran. From Dusk Till Cron. Okay. Uh, I like that one. I don't know if it was my favorite, but I like it. Congratulations, uh, Carl and Cochran. You've won a pair of tickets to the Chasing Summer Festival, which goes down this Saturday and Sunday at the Max Bell Center Festival Grounds. Saturday's headliners is Tiesto, Griffin, James Hype, and on Sunday, it's Zed, Seven Lions, and Jaws. Congratulations, you've won a pair of tickets to both Flippin' Days. We'll do it again tomorrow on the big show. Um, we got a couple minutes to go in the program. Thanks for all your text messages. These are great. Um, You know we got to do moving forward, Patrick, I think? Hmm. Um, we got to have in the podcast the ones we didn't get to that people can hear. Mm-hmm. We got to start doing that. Okay. And I like how I'm telling you this live on the radio. Yeah. I'm just an ideas man, and these things just pop in <laughs> just my head. Pop in your head. No, no, something we can do. Yeah. There's for... so many good ones that we should just have texty rapid fire thing at the end of the uh, podcast. And if you want to listen to it, go check out the podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon. I think that's a winning idea. I think it's a great idea. Okay, thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, now, the highlight of the show, we've had an incredible conversation with Ross Tucker. Mm-hmm. We had a really fun conversation. Uh, well, it was fun as well with Ross Tucker. Uh, with Jesse Barfield, yep. DJ's legend. And a very fun slash informative conversation with my man Jeff Blair. But now the crown jewel of today's edition of the big show <laughs> with Russick and Rose. The pinnacle, uh, the Mount Everest, if you will, of today's show is what the hell happened while you were asleep? at the Women's World Cup in New Zealand and Australia. And for that, with a Women's World Cup update, intern Ben, take it away, sir. Yeah, for sure. In today's matches, the group stage wrapped up. Morocco defeated Colombia 1-0 to make it to the round of 16, the lowest FIFA-ranked team to make the round of 16 in the tournament ever. Also their first time actually advancing there. I just said that. But meanwhile, Germany is eliminated as they finish the World Cup with a 1-1 draw against Korea Republic. This marks the first time that Germany did not make the round of 16 in the tournament. And the round of 16 will open off with Switzerland and Spain facing off at 11pm Calgary time tomorrow night. Saturday will feature Japan and Norway as well as Netherlands and South Africa. Sweden and the United States follows as the lone game on Sunday. On Monday, England and Nigeria face off, as well as Australia and Denmark. And then finally, on Tuesday, Colombia and Jamaica now face off, as well as France and Morocco as of today. Terrific stuff, uh, Ben. Um, so there's a match this evening. Uh, no, I think they're done. Tomorrow. They're back tomorrow for the round for mm-hmm. the for the knockout stages tomorrow night. Okay. Um, I mean, like, so intern Ben for tomorrow's report. I want you to focus on one match. USA Sweden and give us a preview for it because that goes down on Sunday. How's that? I will. That sounds great. Because that that's a popcorn match. Yeah, that's right the round Patrick. of sixteen yeah. gem. Some keys to victory, all that stuff. Yeah, keys to victory. Absolutely. I hope the yes. Swedes run them out the damn building. <laughs> Me too. I can't stand that team. So um it's just all the politics. It's just uh, okay, so yes, a preview. Keys to victory from intern Ben in the <laughs> Sweden. And USA matchup on uh, on on Sunday. Okay, that's it for us. Uh, what do you got coming up in Mucho Big Show? Uh, we'll uh, replay that Ross Tucker conversation. It was so great that uh, we're going to replay it again uh, because it was cool. so fun. And Ross Tucker, the crowd, the text line loves it. And we, we we're really going to pursue this thing. We really want to bring him here.
Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to you, VK Bruco and uh, Wild Rose Brewery. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's it for us. Uh, check out the podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your favorite podcatcher. And uh, I'm looking forward to intern Ben's uh, preview <laughs> of USA and Sweden uh, tomorrow. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a terrific day. Bye. Bye. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog.